We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio Beacon to Radio Beacon. Talk to your families and friends. Organize your community. Register to vote. Get people to the polls. And let's remember who we are. We are the United States of America. And there's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity when we do it together. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Biden won New Hampshire. I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear that? I, I mean, honestly, you know, I was at the hair salon today, okay, because, you know, it's Wednesday. And, uh, you know, you think you know a person. You think you do. So there's a girl there. Uh, she's um, kind of new-ish, new-ish. Um, I love her. I, I think she's wonderful. Uh, we, we greet each other, like, with big hugs, and we're always happy to see each other. We exchanged, or at least I gave a, a little Christmas gift, a little earring, a very cute one. Uh, to her, she doesn't do my hair, but she, uh, you know, is a hairdresser there, and uh, she's been there a couple of years, and I see her all the time and like her very much. Um, obviously, uh, not American, has a very, very strong sort of a Latina accent, um, you know, a gorgeous girl, just absolutely stunning, great dresser, lots of style and all this. Today, she holds up her phone and shows me, look, he won. Look, he won. Oh, I love him. I love him. And uh, it's Trump. I'm like, well, Biden won too, because I, I can't. I just, uh, you know, I just, but I, 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 you know, you think you know a person. I had no idea. I had no earthly idea that Rosie was a uh, Trumper. I had no idea that she, uh, oh, I love him. I, I'm in love with him. I love him. But he hates you, Rosie. He, he hates you, you see. <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, you can't break through it. But anyway, uh, everybody knows that Trump won New Hampshire last night. But even in his victory speech, um, he lost it. He absolutely lost it. You know, this is this is pretty amazing um, because, you know, um, Donald Trump, who was the incumbent president. Yes, he was actually inside the White House, occupying the White House, serving as the 45th president of these United States of America. The last time he had to uh, be on a national, uh, you know, presidential um, campaign. Right. And uh, he lost. I I hate to break it to the maggots. I I really I don't want to be the bearer of, you know, bad news. But he really did lose. He really did. And uh, what's really interesting is he lost New Hampshire. He lost New Hampshire twice, you know. He lost New Hampshire to uh, Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And then he lost last time New Hampshire to Joe Biden. So he's a two-time loser in New Hampshire. Um, you would never know that from his uh, stinking speech because Nikki Haley trolled him so hard last night. You know, uh, she came out and she called him old and <laughs> she called Biden old too, you know. Uh, you just uh, got to keep it, uh, you know, real. And she said whoever, whichever party dumps their 80-year-old nominee first 
is the party that will win the uh, presidency in the uh, next election, which is, you know, total crap. But I mean, she 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 said, you know, they had a great showing and that, uh, you know, we did much better than we did in Iowa. Uh, we got more people, more a more a, a larger percentage of people to vote for us this time. And, you know, how great it was. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump is like confused and he doesn't know where he is. And uh, he thinks that I'm Nancy Pelosi now, you know, like all that crap that, you know, that that clip was, uh, you know, it, it was viral and deadly. So she gave this and then he came out, you know, trying to declare victory. And he just he couldn't concentrate. He just couldn't keep it together. You know, we won New Hampshire three times now, three. three. We win it every time we win the primary. We win the generals. This is okay. Can I just stop it there? I'm going to let it play. I promise I will. But, you know, that's not even true. It starts off with a lie. Why does he have to? He lost New Hampshire to Joe Biden. He lost New Hampshire to Hillary Clinton. Okay? Why why does he have to say every time we we won New Hampshire? Oh, my God. Not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. I find in life you can't let people get away with bull****. Okay, you? You can't. You just can't do it. You that. can't. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy. What? Come up. I said, what's she doing? We won. Did you ever think that she actually appointed you, Tim? And think of it. Appointed and you're the senator of his state. And she endorsed me. You must really hate her. Oh my God! No, it's uh, it's a shame. It's I, a shame. Uh oh. I just love you. No, that's that's why he's a great politician. Oh, you have the very no. the now very unpopular governor of this state. This guy, he's got to be on something. I've never seen anybody with energy. Okay, now he's, he's trashing like, Chris uh, Sununu, who's very popular. We have beaten Biden. You could almost say, who can't? Who the hell can't? Okay, you can't. You can't beat Biden. You lost to Joe Biden. You lost in New Hampshire to Joe Biden, and then you lost the general election uh, to Joe Biden. I mean, this is so bizarre. He is so crazy. He's such a lunatic. He's such a lion sack of... Du- I just... And, and then my little friend there, look, I love him. I love him so much. I love him. But he hates you, and he's a liar. No, no, he, he, he just... He's very strong. He's very strong. Oh, my God. Oh, I mean, the irony of this, Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden in 2020. And that is why Joe Biden is the president and Donald Trump is not. And he's on a stage trying to make a victory speech. I mean, just just say, you know, victory speeches pretty much write themselves. You know, you just say thank you to the voters. You thank your staff. And then you say, uh, you know, uh, this was a great victory for all of us. Thank you to the voters. And here's what's going to happen next. We're onward and upward. We move over to Nevada and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, South Carolina and on we go. No, no, he has to he has to stand there and lie and trash her dress? Really? Trash her dress? Who are you, Anna Wintour? You're going to trash the woman's dress? I could trash a woman's dress because I wear dresses. 
good ones and trashy ones. And I know the difference. What the hell is it? You know Melania did that. You know that they were sitting there. And, uh, you know, the one time that she would sit with him was probably last night because he paid her to. And she probably said something about the dress. She didn't like it or it's a knockoff or whatever. I don't know. and, And he repeats it. He actually goes out there and repeat like this is his big uh, this is his big victory. He's got to trash a woman's dress, a dress, and insinuate it's a knockoff, and then lie <laughs> about who can't beat Biden, who can't. He's like uh, hopscotch. We have beaten Biden. <laughs> you could almost say, who can't? You. Who the hell can't? You. The man can't put two sentences together. Oh and just God. a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. She's not going to win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. What? Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about. I don't get too angry. I get even. Oh, my God. Is he saying that his uh, Department of Justice will investigate Nikki Haley for five things that he already thinks she did that were illegal, but he won't tell you? I, wasn't this supposed to be a victory speech? Wasn't this like happy days are here again for him? I mean, what the hell? I, who can't be? Bi- you can't be Biden. Biden can't put a sentence together. You think Nancy Pelosi's Nikki. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. We have just obtained exclusively a statement from President Joe Biden on tonight's results in New Hampshire. This is a result he's given exclusively to us. You will not get this anywhere else. President's statement is this. It is now clear that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee. And my message to the country is the stakes could not be higher. Our democracy, our personal freedoms, from the right to choose to the right to vote, our economy, which has seen the strongest recovery in the world since COVID, all are at stake. President's statement continues. I want to thank all those who wrote my name in this evening in New Hampshire. It was a historic demonstration of commitment to our democratic process. And I want to say to all those independents and Republicans who share our commitment to core values of our nation, our democracy, our personal freedoms, an economy that gives everyone a fair shot, to join us as Americans. Let's remember we are the United States of America and there is nothing, nothing we cannot do if we do it together. Again, that statement exclusive from President Joe Biden. You know he won New Hampshire. Anybody? Anybody? Did you hear that? Did you hear that Joe Biden won his primary as a write-in candidate? I mean, the media is unbelievably in the tank for uh, Donald Trump. Why? Why? Because uh, he brings ratings because he's like a freak show. He's he's the accident. You can't not, you know, uh, you can't you can't the rubberneck accident. You can't look away from him when he's on. He's orange. Okay, the man walks around orange and he I mean, I just don't know. And he's losing it like in real time. He's he's literally losing it, losing it. He's saying the strangest, weirdest, dumbest things, okay? His, 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 he's actually admitting that they, he took another cognitive test. Did you, did you hear? I mean, he's out there saying, well, oh, I aced it. You aced a cognitive. That just shows that somebody thought you needed to take one. 
my God, what's wrong with him? He's so deranged. I can't, I can't for the life of me understand. But I, I will say I'm very uh, heartened by uh, looking at these numbers. I'm very heartened, okay, because it's very obvious that Donald Trump has about 53% of the base, the base. Remember, these are primaries, okay? This is exactly what we've been talking about as far as, uh, you know, the base of the party are primary voters. And that, you know, people who are in the House, people who are in the Senate, what are they scared of? Are they scared of losing their general election? Oh, no, oh, hell no. They're scared of being primaried, uh, primaried, right? And so, you know, there were two other people on the ballot last night in New Hampshire on the Democratic side. You know that. Marianne Williamson was on the ballot. And uh, the guy that looks like David Duchovny was on the ballot. I swear, if he got a nose job, he could be David Duchovny's body double. I mean, he's, uh, what's it, Dean Phillips from uh, Minnesota? Yeah, adorable, adorable. <laughs> but he, they were on the ballot. You had to write in Joe Biden, right? You had to write in Joe Biden because Joe Biden wanted to make South Carolina the first primary in the nation. New Hampshire, like I said, uh, they have a law in New Hampshire that says that they have to be the first. And uh, there was, uh, you know, no agreement about that. And so, you know, Biden could not be on their ballot um, as a uh, contestant because he literally wants South Carolina. And so there, there were no delegates awarded last night to Joe Biden, okay? But he won in a write-in. I mean, that's newsworthy, isn't it? I, I, I didn't just fall off the turnip truck last night, did I? I was born at night, but not last night, right? Right? It's still a thing when the Democratic incumbent president wins the New Hampshire primary in a write-in situation. That's a new story, isn't it? Oh, my God. So this is what I'm saying. They, they are so in the tank for Donald Trump. It's amazing because Donald Trump is like watching a 20-car pileup. I mean, it's getting so completely wrecked now. I mean, the wreckage of this man is so unbelievable. You can't look away. You can't take your eyes off of it because it's happening in real time on live TV over and over the second he gets off the teleprompter. And it's like amazeballs. It's crazy stuff. It's really lunatic, fringy stuff, you know? And so everybody's down with, uh, you know, putting him on the TV. But I got bigger fish to fry, okay? The economy is doing really, really, really well. And if you don't believe me, let's do what Donald Trump would do. Hey, everybody, go look at your 401k. It's going to be a big surprise, big, huge. Seriously, a sweet surprise. Go look. Go look. I, honestly, the stock market has hit record levels in the last couple of days, and you would not know it. You would not know it. The S&P, the tech-heavy NASDAQ, uh, uh, the Dow 30, the Magnificent 7, you know, the Alphabets and the, and the Amazon and the Teslas, and you know, I mean, like, through the roof. And so go look at your 401k. Go ahead. And then listen to this angry old orange man declare victory over a woman whose dress he didn't like. What? I mean, it was just, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. It's really, really nuts, okay? But he's out there, you know, bragging about, I did Roe and I overturned Roe. And, and, you know, Biden is out there saying, uh, we'll bring back Roe, okay? And if anybody sends me a federal abortion ban, as long as I'm president, I will veto it. It will not happen. 
And he's out there going, oh, I did For it. For 54 years, they were trying to get Roe v. Wade terminated, and I did it. And I'm proud to have done it. They wanted to get it back, right? You wouldn't be have that. There would be no question. Nobody else was going to get that done but that, me. Yeah. And we did oh, it. And we did it. And women are now bleeding out in parking lots across America. And they're getting septic in the hospital. And they are fleeing their states. And they are trying to get to states where nobody is going to, uh, you know, deny them medical care for the one viable twin they have. You know, to save it, uh, just, wow, it, it, it's an amazing thing. And he's taking credit for it. And then he's going to get on the campaign trail, right? And you know what he's going to say when, it, when it's the general. Now, he th- he's saying to you it's the general. Biden said last night that's why his statement was important. I'm glad Rachel got it, and I'm glad uh, they read it on MSNBC because I had no idea that, uh, you know, he had said anything, anything at all, Biden, about his win in New Hampshire because nobody would cover it. And it was just like, wow, just like, let's look at Nikki's uh, dress that looks like a sofa, you know. But I, I just I could. So what what Biden is saying is, is this this is now the general election. OK, now, Nikki, of course, she's hanging on for daily, you know, and, and obviously Nikki Haley is surrounded by corporate dollars. You know that, right? And uh, Donald Trump's making fun of the fact that she's uh, well funded. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess he prefers to steal it from you. But um Nikki Haley is well-funded, and you know that the donor money is going to dry up, but what will actually, you know, develop at her feet, they will throw her board memberships, they will throw her all kinds of opportunities, you know, and tell her, don't worry about it, just stay in the race right now, peel off some votes from him, do what you gotta do, and then when it's all over, you're gonna have a nice, soft landing, like you did at Boeing, like when you were invited to join the corporate board at Boeing as a brilliant accountant because that's what she is she's an accountant but uh yeah so but the general has begun and this is going to be one of the longest it's like a pregnancy baby 10 is gonna be 10 long months though 10. all in connect to speak to randy Call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. Let there be no mistake. The person most responsible for taking away this freedom in America is Donald Trump. Listen, Listen to what he says. Trump says he's proud that he overturned Roe v. Wade. He said, and I quote, there has to be punishment for the women exercising the reproductive freedom. He describes the Dobbs decision as a miracle. <laughs> but for American women, it's a nightmare. So let's do, do be absolutely clear what Trump is bragging about. The reason there are 21 states where abortion bans are in effect, made with no exception for rape or any other or incest, is Donald Trump. It was Donald Trump and his Supreme Court who ripped away the rights and freedoms of women in America. And it'll be Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all of you who are going to restore those rights for the women in America. In the past year, Trump himself endorsed a federal ban promising to lead the charge. God love him. <laughs> and that means even if you live in a state where extremist Republicans are not in charge of the state government, your right to choose, your right to privacy is still at risk. 
But as long as I have power of the presidency, know this. If Congress were to pass a national abortion ban, I will veto it. I will veto it. I mean, honest to God, man, this is the cruelest, most unusual, uh, you know, uh, back to the past, not even back to the future, back to the past I've ever seen. You know, Wisconsin, uh, they're, they're, ta- they're not talking about it. They had a law that would uh, be triggered when the Supreme Court handed stuff back to the states, which they did. And in Wisconsin, whose motto is, anybody? Any- Forward! Okay, they want to go back to the 1800s by virtue of the triggered law. I mean, what? Can you believe we have to talk about this? I tried to explain to Rosie. I tried. I tried very hard to tell her. But I, I think she's, uh, you know, uh, either peri or post or mid-menopausal. And so I don't think it's resonating with her. I'm not sure that it is. But um, I did tell her that I cannot live in a country where my child has fewer rights than I did. Just can't do it. Can't have it. I can't. I uh, can't. Tried. Tried very hard. Uh, but, I mean, it, 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 it's unbelievable what the differences are between the two men, okay? It's just, it's day and night. And this economy is percolating. This economy is doing like really stinking well. So all this crap about, oh, my number one issue last night was uh, the economy and, you know, second issue was immigration. Did you see, are we talking New Hampshire? Yeah, immigration was the number two issue. So let me jog your memory for a brief moment on the immigration thing. First of all, I pulled some really important things for you people out there who would hate call me or try and troll me on this topic of immigration reform and like who's for it and who's again. Okay, because, you know, Democrats are for it and Republicans are against it. Why? Same reason they've been against it for 30 years. They love the freaking issue. This is one of the greatest performers they have. Abortion used to be that for them, okay? But now that they've, uh, you know, uh, stuck a a pin in abortion and popped that particular balloon, it works for us, not them. Because they did what they set out to do on abortion, and that was to pack that Supreme Court with corrupt individuals who would lie, and they did, under oath— during their confirmation hearings and say Roe v. Wade is precedent on precedent. Why? After Roe, we had Casey, and Casey reaffirmed Roe, precedent on precedent. And then as soon as they were in charge of the Supreme Court and somebody filed uh, you know, a case in Mississippi, the Dobbs case, uh, they were like chomping at the bit. Oh, Let's uh, let's 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 say there is no right to privacy in this here country. Now there really isn't, and uh, we'll we'll send it back to the states. Well, now just so you know, Oklahoma and Tennessee, they are following in Idaho's beloved footsteps. You know, Idaho and Lubbock County in Texas. I also told you that one. Um, they've got certain roads in Lubbock, Texas, uh, within the county that you are not allowed to use. Swear to God, if you are pregnant and using the road to get out of Texas to get an abortion, I don't know how you enforce something like that. I didn't make this up. I didn't uh, make this the law in Lubbock County. I didn't pass. Okay. But this is uh, an Idaho. Also, it's illegal in Idaho 
to travel out of Idaho if you're looking for abortion care. Whether or not your fetus has no head or whether or not you're, you know, only two seconds pregnant or whether or not you are septic and uh, or it's an ectopic pregnancy, meaning it didn't go into your uterus. It's in your fallopian tube. And the more it grows, the more likely a fallopian tube explodes and you become septic and die. I know this one because I had that. I had that. I was in Wisconsin when I had that. Uh, anyway. Oklahoma and Tennessee, they both have, Tennessee has HB 1895, and Oklahoma has SB, Senate Bill 1778, which I think is the year they'd like to go back to, which deliberately define abortion trafficking, abortion trafficking as anybody, including a parent, yeah, taking their child, if their child is under 18, for the purpose of getting an abortion out of state. Your mother could be guilty of abortion trafficking for helping you get abortion care if, uh, you know, uh, uh, daddy's boyfriend, thought you'd like that example, is the father. And just let's say mom and dad are divorced and they don't get along really well. This happened in Texas, so don't tell me I made this up. Uh, mom and dad are divorced. They don't get along very well. And now you need to tell one of them that you got knocked up and you're not ready to have a baby. Okay. You're just not, you're 14, whatever. Haven't even finished eighth grade. You're just not ready. Okay. Uh, so mom says, don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. And she gets you in the car and you're getting ready to go to, I don't know, the free state of New York. Okay. And dad finds out about it. Guess what? Dad can turn in mom for trafficking you. And let's say the kid knows mom and dad doesn't get along and doesn't want to involve mom or dad because she knows they'll turn on each other because that's how viperish they've become. So you call Aunt Randy, okay? And you say, Aunt Randy, I really need to know, is there a clinic outside of Texas? Is there a clinic outside of Oklahoma? Is there a clinic outside of Tennessee that I could go to? And uh, your aunt actually shows you, um, by sending you a link on your phone, a clinic that you can access to get the care you need. Guess what? Auntie is now being arrested for trafficking in information, which by the way, would be against the First Amendment but not in Oklahoma or Tennessee. This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. I'm an OBGYN in Texas and a mother of three wonderful children. Having this beautiful, messy, chaotic, but wonderful family, it's the joy of my life. I never thought that I would need an abortion for a planned pregnancy, but I did. Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. At a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and that there was absolutely no chance of survival. In Texas, you are forced to carry that pregnancy, and that is because of Donald Trump overturning Roe v. Wade. 
the choice was completely taken away. I was to continue my pregnancy, putting my life at risk. It's every woman's worst nightmare, and it was absolutely unbearable. We need leaders that will protect our rights and not take them away. And that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. You know what's unbelievably great about that? She's an OBGYN in Texas. And if you think she's going to stay being an OBGYN in Texas, you're insane, okay? Not only have they tortured her and, uh, you know, forced her to carry a, a pregnancy that would have killed her if she didn't get the hell out of the state, now they want to restrict her ability to move freely about the country to get the care she would want to give to somebody in her own condition because she's an OBGYN and trained to do that what a mess they make okay all all in all all in service of you know abusing people of, of being an abuser this is a, a, anybody that they can uh, you know look to and point to and say hey let's uh, let's abuse them uh and we'll we'll get our base uh, all happy about the fact that we're going to abuse women because they don't like women because women you know won't go out with them or whatever the thing is won't have uh, you know won't behave as just you know good breeders which is their freaking plan you know it's all they talk to each other about right the master plan we're gonna outbreed them we're just gonna outbreed these people so, we are i mean we're just gonna out we're gonna have more babies and 20 years from now they're gonna say why is the country so right wing well you were too busy having abortions and having gay sex and we got married and had kids and we will repopulate the species yes. by the way by, i'm not kidding by, by, by the way by the way you can be left right center logical emotional that is by far the most logical argument you just gave. <laughs> oh, Statistically, that cannot be argued because it's proven. It's going to take two Give decades. us some time, everybody. That's Buy right. us some time. Buy yeah. the Constitution some time. The key, though, we got to have more of a level of kids. Well, yes, we got to get our testosterone rates high. Young ladies got to get married, and we have to have the babies. And by the way, I mean, the, 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 the David family, you guys are doing your part. Having children is not a left-wing value. The truth of the matter is this, is that if left-wing people keep on not having kids, whether it be by abortion or, you know, being in homosexual relationships. Oh, how Lord. exactly do they think this thing is going to work? This is what they talk to each other about. This is what they say. You know, we're going to outbreed them. We're going to do that. That's, that's our plan. Our, our plan is to mount you with your permission or without, impregnate you, chain you, I don't know, to the wall in the basement until you, uh, you know, actually go through labor and deliver us a baby, which, I don't know, they'll raise. I have no idea. Hand, handmaiden's tale is exactly the point oh it is and does exactly he, the point does he imagine he's the commander oh, are you kidding <laughs> of course he does charlie kirk ew of charlie kirk ew so here's the thing uh joe biden is smarter joe biden is fitter joe biden is a better man uh than donald trump will ever be and these people that follow donald trump are worse than donald trump will ever be Okay, and that's that's a pretty low bar. That's now you're in like uh, the spit on the belly of a snake territory of lowness, right? And don't forget, Donald Trump warned you he is the snake. He is. Told you, he told you, and he'll tell you again. Uh, Robin in Alaska. Well, hello, Randy. Hello. Okay, so all this stuff on abortion, um, it's it's. What I want to say is this, and I've said it before, 30 years ago at the Alaska State Fair, I said it to these uh, grandparents, you know, old elderly people standing there at that booth running it with all those horrible pictures. I had to ask them, are you foster parents? 
Are you foster grandparents? Are you helping children that need to be helped because of the circumstances they were born into beyond their control? Are you helping? No, we're not. Then your opinion doesn't count. Anybody out there, if you're not helping children that need help, fostering them, monetarily, mentally helping, your opinion doesn't count. Well, then that, then, then the red states uh, shouldn't count because they won't feed the children after the children are actually born. You know, we just had this conversation where, uh, there, first of all, there was a child tax credit that got half of America's children who live below the poverty line, above the poverty line. They, it got them out of being hungry every day, half of them. And the Republicans said, no more of that. We can't have that. And then there was a bill that said that um, we would extend during the summer months when schools were not in session, we would give $40, $40 a month to parents to make up for the lunch that the kids were not getting because school was out during the summer. A big whopping $120. That was what was on the table, okay? And the red state said, oh, no, oh, no, we're not feeding those kids during the summer months. No. Well, see, that's what it gets to as far as the red, the the Republicans, whatever, Um the left is supposed to be progressive. I'm neutral. The left's supposed to be progressive. Oh, we hate that. Well, guess what? We all have water and electricity and facilities because of progress. So you out there that don't like progress, that all oh, the progressives, good luck. You can't stop time. <laughs> they want to. <laughs> they will do their time very level best. progress. To. As time goes on, we progress. If we don't, we're going backwards in time. Well, you know what progress actually is, Robin? Uh, I learned this uh, about a week or two ago. Progress is happiness. Do you know that? There you go. Yeah, it is. It's happiness. You know, no one no one is uh, going to be perfect in this world, okay? They're just, uh, okay, maybe like one person will be perfect. <laughs> Fair faucet. Oh, well, she had colon cancer. Okay. So nobody's going to be perfect, right? Nobody. But making a little bit of progress in your life feels really good to you because it's happiness. That is the definition of happiness. It's not perfection. It's not symmetry. Okay? They always used to tell me, oh, well, beauty is symmetry, meaning people who are completely symmetrical, like they're, le- you know, most of us are left, we're two faces. You understand? Like our left, the left side of our face is slightly different than the right side of our face. Um, and that makes us less than ideally, uh, you know, model friend, uh, mo- model territory, right? Uh, because symmetry is beauty. That's what I was told by a plastic surgeon. Yeah, by a plastic surgeon. Who also told me the thirds have to match. Like the lower third, the middle third, and the top third, they all have to be the same size. It's all about symmetry. And I, actually, ha- I actually read something about this a little bit, little bit ago. Apparently the most symmetrically beautiful celebrity in the world right now is Zendaya. Zendaya. She is symmetrically beautiful. Perfect. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I see that. <laughs> I see it too. <laughs> However, we're not all going to be Zendaya. <laughs> and God only knows what else she's, she deals with, okay, besides for her symmetry. But progress feels really good. And that's why progressives are generally a happier lot than the grievance industry that Donald Trump, you know, has created beneath us the base but i just you know listen the the whole idea that you know 
my whole theory on abortion is is this. If you're against it, don't have one. How complicated? You don't need legislation for that. You don't need anything for that. Just go about your business. Tom in Florida. Hello? Hello. Hey, hi, Randy. How are you doing? Hi, Tom. I want... I was going to comment on the uh, independents voting in that uh, Republican primary, and it's going to be like a Stevie Nicks song when he, when it's all the Republicans. But I, instead, I wanted to say I'm glad your your parents didn't have an abortion. Stevie Nicks song, Greg, uh, you stumped me. Which Stevie? Landslide. Landslide. Oh, landslide. Because they love you. And you're so hilarious. Uh, this is like Saturday Night Live every day because you just twist the truth. And it's like so funny. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, yeah. So obviously this, this is, uh, you know, uh, the trolling, uh, you know, tendency that the, the ugly nature of the grievance crowd has. You know, whatever. Let them do what they do. You're going to lose. You understand that, Tom? You know how I know? Because he already lost. Everybody is forgetting Trump lost in 2020 to Joe Biden, who was not an incumbent anything. Donald Trump had all of the incumbency and everything that goes along with the incumbency of a president and used it for violence because he lost. We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a segment of your imagination. Randy Roadshow. Turn up your mind. Wall Street entering the trading day on quite the high note. The Dow finished above 38,000 for the first time ever yesterday. The S&P also soaring to new heights, posting its second straight record high. And in a reflection of how Americans are feeling about the economy, consumer sentiment has risen to its highest level in years. Here to break it all down, including what it means for your bottom line, NBC's senior business correspondent, Christine Romans. Christine, good news. Good morning. Yeah, a noted vibe shift on the economy. For a long time, the it's the economy, stupid, was not uh, a good a good question to be asking right now. But right now, people are feeling better. They're calling it like a Goldilocks economy, not too hot, not too cold, just right. A few things happening. Wages are growing faster than your grocery bill, and that's been happening for a few months, and people can notice that. Egg prices. Egg prices, while higher than we'd like, they're still lower than last year. Oh. Gas prices. $3, maybe $0.08 cents a gallon nationwide, but 20-some states have below 3 bucks a gallon. Yes. So there are things that people feel, including their 401ks, I think, um, that are starting to turn positive and people are feeling better about the economy. Yes, if you're lucky enough to have a 401k, I suggest you check it today because there's a sweet surprise in there for you. I mean, the economy is great, okay? So now that we've dealt with what people in New Hampshire said was the number one issue... Let's deal with the number two issue. The number two issue in New Hampshire, 
<laughs> was immigration? Really? I was uh, stunned and shocked to find that that was uh, their number two issue on their mind. Not independence, though. This was the base of the party. You know, the 53% of New Hampshire Republicans who gave Donald Trump their vote. Think about this, okay? Think about it. Uh, so you got a man who says he's the incumbent president. I mean, you know, if you're if you're nutty enough to believe Donald Trump is a good pick for the United States of America, if you're nutty enough to think that Donald Trump is a truth teller or Donald Trump is reliable or Donald Trump is, you know, cares about you or Donald Trump's, uh, you know, uh, COVID economy was wonderful or whatever, um, then you will believe just about everything and anything uh, that anybody wants to sell you and tell you. Uh, however, only 53% of Republicans voted for Donald Trump last night. You can't win a general election when 53% of your party are voting for you. You can, you know, you need about 90%, maybe 80% of your party voting for you, your party, remember, your party, voting for you as your party's leader they have to vote for you, and they're not voting for him. Plus, then, you have independents who are not voting for him. And I've always told you this, and this is the honest-to-God truth. You could look it up. I don't, you know, I don't know what you're going to find on the Internet anymore, but independents always pick the president in these here United States, right? Because independents don't vote for an independent. They vote for a Republican or a Democrat. And they swing a swing state one way or the other. Well, here are what some of the uh, uh, New Hampshire voters had to say last night, okay? Um, first of all, let, let, me, let me play you a Republican, a Republican voter in New Hampshire last night explaining why she would not vote for Donald Trump again. Well, I voted for Nikki Haley because I was voting against Donald Trump. And what, what propelled you to get to this point? I want to, I'm 74 years old. I've lived in a constitutional democracy all my life. I want to remain that way, and I want my grandchildren to grow up in one, and not a dictatorship. And I'm curious, over the last two elections, um, mm -hmm. have you voted Trump in the past? Was it something where you voted for him, you trusted him, and you were disappointed? Yes, I voted for him in 2016. I am a registered Republican. Oh. And I, I regretted that vote almost immediately. <laughs> mm -hmm. Especially on his trip to Europe where he insulted our allies and praised Putin. And then in 2020, was that enough for you to change your vote to Joe Biden? Yes. Absolutely. Why did you feel the need to, to cross party lines? Because I want the world to be a safe place. I believe in a strong NATO. My father fought in World War II to defeat fascism, and I wanted to remain defeated. Damn. That's a Republican. That is a registered Republican in New Hampshire who did vote for Donald Trump in 2016, but just couldn't bring herself to do it. You know what she's talking about with the trip to Europe? Helsinki. She's talking about the trip to Helsinki, Finland, where Donald Trump stood on the stage and said, Putin denied it strongly. Uh, I, I, and I don't see, you know, he said he didn't do it. And I don't see why he would interfere in our elections. Okay. That, that is what a Republican who is not in the cult sounds like. And it gives me confidence. And I want her to have her party back. 
Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have a legitimate Republican Party to argue with, right, instead of, you know, uh, crazy, uh, you know, people that believe lies and schemers and, and frauds and cheaters and, you know, think that Donald Trump is still the president of the United States, in which case he would be term limited and could not be president again. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how delusional Tom is. You know, he, he had to actually end the hour by calling me a liar. <laughs> This is funny. You know what he said? He said, uh, I'm like Saturday Night Live. I'm hilarious because I twist the truth. Tom, your logic doesn't even play in Peoria. Things are funny because they're true, not because they're false. <laughs> anyway, here's another uh, Republican. This, this person uh, actually voted for Donald Trump twice. Who'd you vote for today? Nikki Haley. Tell me why. Why? Mm -hmm. I could not vote for Trump process of elimination I voted for him uh, twice twice uh, but after all the stuff that's gone on and I just could not vote for him again you mean after the stuff after the 2020 election uh, yes yeah I think that's that's a fair that's mm -hmm. a fair statement is there anything Donald Trump can do to win back your vote between now and November if he is the guy no <laughs> that's pretty he, firm he's already uh, He's already shown me his hand, so to speak. Yes, he's already shown me who he is, and I believe him is what it is. Now, when you have voters who are telling you that um, the first issue that comes to mind when it's a contest with Donald Trump on the ballot is democracy and the continuation of it, you're not going to win an election, okay? You're not, especially when you've already lost a presidential election against the same guy that you're running against now who has repaired your broken economy uh -huh, and just might get some immigration reform done. Now, if New Hampshire is, is telling, uh, you know, the pollsters the truth, the exit pollsters the truth about what their first and second issue was, why they voted uh, the way they did, and their first issue was the economy, well, you know, happy days are here again. And if their second issue was... Uh, immigration reform. I got. I. 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 I listen. I got some of the best uh, people in this audience. Amazing people with very long memories. Thank God. Okay, who send me stuff and things and remind me of stuff and things that have happened while we were together broadcasting and you listening to our show over the past 10, 20 years, right? And so uh, one of our listeners uh, sent me the article about the Gang of Eight. Anybody remember the Gang of Eight in 2013? The Gang of Eight was a bipartisan group of senators. Uh-huh. John McCain, I believe, was one of them who put together a comprehensive immigration reform package. A bipartisan comprehensive immigration reform package. And it passed the United States Senate in a bipartisan fashion. I think it got 68 votes. In fact, I'm sure it did. It got 68 votes, passing the threshold that you need to pass 60 votes in the United States Senate to actually get sent over to the House of Representatives. It did get sent over to the House of Representatives in 2013. We gave them an entire year, the House of Representatives we did, to read it, digest it, ingest it. They never did anything about it. Nothing. Clear. All things Randy at randyrhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show.
said, I'm 74 years old. I've lived my whole life in a constitutional democracy, and I don't want my grandchildren to live in one as well, not a dictatorship. Mm. We shouldn't let that just flash by because it's part of that crop. That's a stunning thing to hear casually dropped. We're getting a little numb to it. That people feel, Republican primary voters in New Hampshire, or primary voters in New Hampshire, feel that constitutional democracy is at stake if Donald Trump is elected. So you didn't just hear there, I think, a incredible deep divisions inside New Hampshire, Republicans, presumably many of them, about Donald Trump. He's divisive within that coalition. But this woman's warning about the state of our democracy, and that's the undercurrent here. And I think we get numb to the fact that those are the stakes of this race. Right. And, you know, John Avalon is absolutely 100% on the money, correctamundo. Why? You have a 74-year-old voter yesterday, a voter, not a registered voter, but an actual voter who showed up in the wintertime in New Hampshire to vote in a primary as a Republican woman and voted against Donald Trump and told you her reason is because she, fe she feels he's a threat to democracy itself. Oh, my God. I didn't think I would live long enough to hear people who lived through World War II say they're afraid of fascism taking hold here in the United States. I really didn't think so. I mean, we're only 75 years outside of the gas chambers, and I just didn't think it would. But already it's happening. It's happening. People are voting to keep fascism from taking hold in the United States by virtue of Donald Trump. I mean, it, it, it's, it's stunning. Now, some of the voters who did vote for Donald Trump said the economy was their number one concern. Well, that's, uh, you know, kind of on the men now, 30% increase in consumer set sentiment, a 30% boom, a 30% bounce, a 30% increase in consumer sentiment in just the last three months in this here country. Okay, people are liking this economy. People are starting to see that prices have come down, that their wages are going up faster uh, than prices were going up, and uh, gas is down, food is down. Except there's a few little uh, things that are still, uh, you know, not uh, they're still gouging. Let's just say, like chicken, they're still gouging. But you could shop around, okay? And you, you. But honestly, the economy is is percolating. The economy is doing really well. And if you have a 401k, I do suggest you check it today. I really do. I, I suggest you have a little look-see because it's, uh, it's looking really good. But for the people that said that, uh, you know, immigration was their second issue in Iowa and New Hampshire, I need to remind you that the Republicans have always said no to comprehensive immigration reform. They've been saying that we lost 10 years of immigration reform because in 2013, the Gang of Eight in the Senate put together a bipartisan piece of legislation that was real, comprehensive immigration reform. I'll tell you, I'll just uh, bullet point what was basically in it, okay? Because this is a very long uh, piece. If you went to read it, you could read it on randyroads.com. It is there on the homework, which is free, okay? Um, but it, it, it's, it's pretty comprehensive. It provided a 13-year path to citizenship. 13 years you would have to stay on this path in order to even apply for citizenship, okay? It would be slightly less time 
for dreamers, the DACA kids, right? The, the kids who came here under the age of 16 and did nothing wrong ever and stayed in school the whole time, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and ag workers, people who come here to pick strawberries, people who come here to pick watermelons and blueberries, okay? It would have increased border enforcement by allocating an additional, and this is 10 years ago money, $46 billion for border security, and it would have doubled the number of Border Patrol agents. I think it would have brought the number of Border Patrol agents to roughly 38,000, okay? You would have had about 40,000 Border Patrol agents, you know, uh, back 10 years ago, okay, instead of the 20,000. And uh, it would have um, strengthened interior enforcement by making, and this is why, this is why corporate, and Republicans who love corporate will never, ever give you the comprehensive immigration reform that we need and deserve. It made E-Verify mandatory, meaning if you wanted to hire somebody, no matter what your, your, your category was, all employers, all of them, me, everybody, would have to E-Verify every single person they hired, every single one, and there'd be an entry and exit visa tracking system to prevent people from overstaying visas. It also included funding for 700 miles of fencing uh -huh. and money for, uh, to streamline and adjudicate much more quickly asylum claims, right? And there would be different rules for family-based asylum because if they had family here, if they knew family here, if families were joining families, that would be a little more um, you know, streamlined than it would be if you were just coming in as a single and you were trying to assimilate into, you know. But you could get a work visa, but you and, and they would be renewable, meaning you would have to reapply over and over and over again and make sure that you didn't violate any of our laws, any of our laws. And of course, none of that could happen until nothing, nothing I just said could happen until there were 38,000 Border Patrol agents in place, hired and trained, and the fencing was built. Yeah. None of, n nothing else could happen. There would be no path. There would be no DACA protection. There would be nothing, no visa, no visa lottery, nothing, 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 until the Border Patrol agents were hired and in place, trained, and until the 700 miles of fencing was built. And, you know, uh, you had a bipartisan agreement, 68 votes in the Senate, to send it over to the House. At that time, do you know who was uh, the, the Speaker of the House, do you? Mm. It, was, it was Boner. It was, uh, you know, Mr. Boner, who now, uh, you know, spends his life drinking red wine and smoking the pot. And Boner actually wanted this to happen. Boner was actually working his, his majority, okay, and getting the, he even criticized them when they wouldn't do comprehensive immigration reform on television, and then he had to apologize to all of them, okay, and they got rid of him. And then, I don't know if you know this, but to send a signal, this is very oligarchical, okay? This is uh, just like Kordakowski in Russia. And for those of you who don't know what happened there, Kordakowski was a uh, oligarch and uh, Putin had him, uh, you know, jailed to send a message to other oligarchs. If you don't, you know, kick back to me, if you don't give me my vig, this is what happens to you. And you only need to do it to one to send the message to all, okay? So they did this to Eric Cantor. Do you remember Eric Cantor, anybody, everybody? Any, a, anybody under the age of, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say 30, 
maybe you didn't become politically aware until your mid-20s. You probably don't remember him. Um, he was one of the original young guns. Okay, we had this group, these three guys. Okay, it was, um, uh, what's his name, uh, from Ohio, uh, uh, Paul Ryan, Eric Cantor from Virginia, and uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. Okay, these were the young from California. These were the young guns. These were the upstarts, the new breed of Republican. Gu- They're all gone now. Eric Cantor, corporate money actually ran a primary uh, against him because he was the Kordakovsky. He was the guy they were using to send the message do not vote for immigration reform. We like this issue. Do not do it, or you will end up like the majority leader. He was the majority leader, Eric Cantor was. You will uh, be primaried and you will be out. He lost his election. He really did. To a first-timer that was propped up with an enormous amount of corporate money. Right? And they got their message out. No immigration reform. Clear. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. I've been clear from the very beginning. The system is broken. My first day in office... I sent Congress a comprehensive plan on immigration reform. My friends on the other side have done nothing with that. Nothing. Over and over, I've asked for resources to step up action at the border. My team has been at the table for weeks now on a partis- with a bipartisan group of senators to negotiate a deal, including border, because I believe we need significant policy changes at the border, mm-hmm. including changes in our asylum system to ensure that we have the authorities we need to control the border. And I'm ready to act. That to choose whether they want to solve a problem or keep weaponizing issues to score political points against the president. Right. I'm ready to solve the problem. I really am. Massive changes. And I mean it sincerely. Yeah, and I believe him because, uh, you know, they have been, uh, as, a repo- as a Democratic senator you know, in the uh, Senate, uh, they have been trying to do comprehensive immigration reform, coming together, passing bills for 10 years now. Uh, once every 10 years, they give it a go. And once every 10 years, they come up with a comprehensive solution. They send it over to the Republican House, and nothing ever gets done with it. Nothing. Now, Joe Biden, on day one, when he became the president of the United States, sent over a comprehensive immigration reform package, uh, and nothing ever got done with it, and it never will, unless and until, unless and until, uh, the Senate actually votes out this package that is live now, that, you know, James Lankford, the guy from Oklahoma, he's like the lead Republican negotiator on this. Yesterday, okay, just to show you how it's the Republicans who are an impediment to immigration reform, always have been, always will be. And people try and call us up, you know, uh, and pick fights with us over the border, over the border, which is crazy. Because we're trying to solve the border, and have been for years now. But in lieu of that, we have presidents of the Democratic persuasion that take executive action. And Obama had to do that. Because in 2013, when the Senate passed a comprehensive package, the the bullet points I just gave you, some of them, it's a very, very comprehensive package. They gave a whole year. Okay, now they're going to start screaming the way that they always do. Well, you can't just pass it and then expect us to, we don't even know what's in it and you know we have to read it. And we They gave them a year in 2013, okay? It went over to the House and uh, they, they passed it in June, okay, of 20, in 2013. In June of 2014, the House was asked, are you going to do anything on this? And they said no. And actually made Eric Cantor uh, an example for every Republican to look at. 
and see if you were supportive of immigration, comprehensive immigration reform, as a Republican, you would be primaried and kicked out of town, even if you had seniority, even if you had worked your way up as a young gun and been on the cover of Time and Newsweek and all that as a young gun, and you are now majority leader, okay, to Boner's uh, speakership, you would be primaried and you would be kicked out of the House. Now, I didn't like Eric Cantor, and I have no tears to shed for his, uh, you know, uh, uh, failed uh, congressional career. I'm sure he's very happy, uh, you know, at some lobby shop now, making uh, seven figures, I'm sure. But this is what happens with immigration reform. We try and solve it, and the Republicans say no. Yesterday, and we know this because this was in the Hill, okay, uh, yesterday, the Senate conservatives had a lunch. They lunched together, and uh, they were they were lunching together to discuss the Senate bipartisan package on comprehensive immigration reform that is about to be voted on and secured by the United States Senate in the next couple of weeks, next few weeks, to be generous. Okay, and. Um, the Republicans, uh, like the Mike Lees, the Ted Cruz's, the uh, Ron Johnsons, who are totally, totally in the tank for Donald Trump, even though they, you know, Donald Trump insulted their wife, said she was ugly, accused your father of being an assassin, you know. Uh, but you're more into, uh, you know, keeping your Senate title than any other thing in your life, and you will shield that with your life more than your wife and your father. Okay, so Ted Cruz is explained. Okay, they were all complaining yesterday. They were complaining, yes, they were all complaining yesterday about we can't give up this issue. Politically, this is bad for us. We can't give Joe Biden a win. And so what they were screaming about is how are they going to defeat the idea that this is a once in a decade, which it is, bill that could get out of the House that could get passed and, and made into law and Joe Biden would sign it, even though it curtails Joe Biden's presidential powers on immigration. He's willing to do that for the sake of the country. For national security, he would do it. And what power is he giving up? Well, he's not giving it up completely, but he's definitely amending his awesome, awesome power of parole. So what you call a uh, commonly catch and release is actually when a person comes here and they want to make a claim of asylum, we catch them, right? That's how they make their claim. We apprehend them at the border. They claim asylum. We, under our laws, say if you're making a claim of asylum, you will be heard. Because asylum, which is another amendment in this comprehensive immigration package, which is good, actually is going to be amended to only include your life is in danger or your family's life is in danger if you go back to your home country, right? Now people are making claims of asylum based on economics and other things. So we're changing those two key elements in immigration in this reform package. This is very important that you know that Biden is open to it, okay? And this is major, major change. So you surrender or you're apprehended, right, and then you surrender, and you make your claim of asylum. The release part comes because the President of the United States gives you parole pending a hearing on your asylum claim because that's the law. That's the federal law. And Joe Biden 
has to do that. He's saying that he would give up some of that awesome power of his so that you wouldn't have release. What you would have is hundreds of judges now assigned to the border to hear these asylum claims, and not until the backlog yeah, is cleared would any of these changes go through. You know, this is, this is always the way that we've tried to approach immigration reform, saying, okay, I get you don't trust the system. I get you don't, you don't trust the Democratic president. So here's what we'll do. None of these, uh, you know, paths to citizenship. None of these changes to, you know, uh, uh, asylum claims, uh, you know, whatever. none of it will happen until we have 38,000 Border Patrol agents, until 700 miles of fence is built, until the whole backlog of asylum claims is cleared. And they're willing to, the, the Democrats are willing to give that. And the Republicans know that that is perfect. That is, that is like, you don't have to trust anybody unless and until the asylum backlog is cleared. And there's about a million claims to be heard. None of these, uh, you know, good changes, paths to citizenship, etc. None of these work visas, none, none of it could happen. And they still say no. Why? Some of them, well, I won't even go there. They don't want to do it because it's a political performer for them. And weaponizing human beings fleeing their home countries, going through near-death experiences is useful for them. This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. All right, everybody, everything Nikki Haley must go. He was found liable in a civil trial for sexually assaulting E. Jean Carroll. He's under investigation for obstructing attempts to get him to return classified documents that he took uh, from the White House. He's arguing constantly that he deserves total immunity. You think that that conduct makes him fit to be president? If I did, I wouldn't be running. So the the but whole you also focus. Also, have pledged to support him and endorse him if you end up not making it. Because I don't ever want to see a president Kamala Harris. What? That should send a chill up everyone's so spine. So you think Why? that a president Kamala Harris would be more dangerous than somebody who uh, is alleged to and has been found liable for the conduct that I just described? What I worry about is the media doesn't think Americans are smart enough to see that. Americans are going to look, do they want someone that's tied up in investigations? No, Biden and Trump are both tied up in investigations. What? That's why they 75% say they don't want to see a Biden-Trump rematch. People don't want to have two candidates in their 80s. People see that they both ran us trillions of dollars in debt that our kids are never going to forgive them for. This is about <laughs> the fact that people want someone who's going to secure the border, bring down inflation, focus on getting education back on track, getting the country moving again. That's the biggest thing. They don't want to deal with the negativity and the chaos of the past. And so this is not personal for me. I don't dislike Donald Trump. I don't dislike Joe Biden. What I dislike is the direction in our country. What I dislike is that I don't like my kids feeling like this, where they wonder if they're ever going to afford a home, if they're going to get a job, how they're going to how they're going to deal with this debt. Those are the issues people, regular people, want to talk about. They don't care about this, the pettiness with Trump and Biden. That's actually what they want to get away from. 
she lost. Okay, uh, so everything Nikki Haley has to go because we will not be, uh, you know, seeing much of her. Uh, <laughs> she's going to go through some things like uh, would, w- whatever, uh, you know, Trump would say. She's going to go through some things. I don't know, but, uh, you know, listen, uh, maybe she should have waited. Uh, maybe a lot of them should have waited. You know, Ron DeSantis, uh, you know, he, he's back here in Florida. He, do, 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 I'm just going to tell you the truth, okay? My homeowner's insurance... Okay, last year, my homeowner's insurance went up by more than 50%, more than 50%, to the point where the insurance payment, not the taxes, not anything else that's, you know, that, that, that you might include in your escrow account, okay, just the homeowner's insurance, which will not, does not, can't buy flood insurance in Florida. Do you know that? Can't buy it. You got to go to a national flood insurance policy if uh, you're interested in flood insurance. So we're talking like a wind policy, okay? That's what we're talking about. Uh, And of course, if there's a hurricane, the people who cover you for wind will say the water did the damage. The people who cover you for water say the wind did the damage, so you never get to make a claim. Okay, just saying. But anyway, because of this roofing scam that was so out of control in Florida, homeowner's insurance has gone up by more than 50%, okay? So my homeowner's insurance payment is over $1,000 a month just for the homeowner's insurance. I just got the renewal notice. It went up another 50%. Want to know the real numbers? I'll tell you. So my homeowner's insurance used to be $750 a month. It's $9,000 a year now. I mean, $750 a year. It's $9,000 a year now. This year, the renewal notice that I got, $1,500 a month. I mean, I, and Ron DeSantis was very busy uh, running, a, you know, running a presidential campaign. What, do you wonder why nobody wanted him? Nobody liked him? No, uh, anyway, so he's back here in Florida. Uh, and doing as much damage as he, as he humanly can. Do you know what the next bill that they're taking up in Florida is? Do you think it has anything to do with his immigration, uh, you know, uh, hatred for the way things are? In the, no, 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 no. Because he's a state governor. He can't do jack crap about immigration except send immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. I mean, it's it's very sick what they do. They pretend that they can do something, but they can't. So he's got this bill, a driver's license bill. Anybody hear about this? I doubt it. I doubt it. Floridians are just learning about it today. And that's only Floridians who read the newspaper. And by the newspaper, I mean the Palm Beach Post, which is a mullet wrapper. Okay, the only good thing in the Palm Beach Post is Frank Cherubino's column. He's funny. Everything else is crap, okay? It's either reprints from the AP or Reuters, whatever. There's nothing good in there. There was one article about this driver's license bill. The driver's license bill must include your birth sex. Uh Uh-huh. Your birth sex. So that people can actually be even more bullying towards transgendered kids. 
Because that's going to solve all your problems. That's going to put, you know, uh, eggs on your plate. That's going to, you know, uh, put put a nickel in your pocket. That's going to solve your health care dilemma. And that's going to help me pay for my homeowner's insurance, which used to be $750 a year. Then it went to $9,000 a year. And now this year it's $15,000 a year. Honestly, this is what they're working on in Tallahassee in a Republican majority legislature where, I mean, it's like FDR in reverse, right? Remember, FDR was so successful because, and I'm going to remind you of this, as we go closer and closer to the general election, because remember, every single House seat, every single member of the House of Representatives is also on the ballot. When you go and vote in your district, For the president of the United States, you will also be voting for your Congress member to either continue or to change. So I just want you to understand that in Florida, they're not interested in helping Floridians pay for their homeowner's insurance. Okay, they're not interested in solving this roofing scam, which is, uh, you know, what what took place. And now it's the reinsurance amount. You know, insurance companies need insurance and it's the amount that they're paying for reinsurance so that they can pay your claim. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, uh, uh, climate change. No, it's a scam. It's a roofing scam that went on. Okay, it's a I've told the story a million times. I'm not going to tell it again, but. Suffice it to say, they're working on the real big problems, like putting your birth sex on your driver's license. I, I, it just it makes, it makes me sick. It really does. It makes me ill. And a six-week abortion ban. Yay. Kay in Arizona. Oh, hi. I, uh, I know we're uh, at the end of the time here. Uh, number two, number one of two things I wanted to say Um Next Sunday, when I'm celebrating my birthday, I will also be celebrating your birthday. Happy birthday, Kay. Yeah, I'm a lot older than you are. I doubt uh, it. No one's older than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to be 74, honey. That's beautiful. Uh, So you know who shares shares our birthday? (laughs) Alan Alda. Yes! (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. And one other thing I wanted to ask you, and I don't know whether you know this or whether you could ask Howard. Everybody talks about um, right to choose, and they talk about First Amendment. Why don't we use the Fourth Amendment, which says the the right of the people to be secure in their persons, etc., against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated? It seems to me that really applies to us. So you're very smart, and let me tell you why. That is exactly how Roe was decided in 1973. It was decided based on the Fourth Amendment, privacy, okay? Really? Yeah. This Supreme Court said, oh, no, unless it was common practice at the founding, okay, then there's no guarantee of privacy. And women weren't even covered in 1868, Women weren't even yeah. covered, okay? And that's where they went back to. They, they, the, the fact that in 1868, uh, 75% of uh, uh, states criminalized abortion, that's what they relied on to uh, say it's not, it wasn't commonly uh, you know, observed that people had a right to privacy in their own person. Oh, well, then I'm too late on that. And one other thing, I think uh, about towards the end of the summer, I want to see billboards and newspapers everywhere with a slogan, please remember 
Roe, vote in Roe-vember, R-O-E. Yeah. And maybe you're the one that told me about it. I don't think but I did, I, but I've seen it, and it's a, it's a good one. I like it a lot, and I think it should be top of mind for every single uh family, every single woman, every single person who wants to have a family, every single person who will be pregnant in their lives or wants to be pregnant in their lives, or people who yep. sleep with people who want to be pregnant in their lives, because it yeah. isn't safe to be pregnant in the United States anymore. And well, that, no, that's it's the not. no, it's not. No. It's not safe. Uh, you know, when I have to have a talk with Jessica, because Jessica desperately wants to have a family. She wants to be pregnant. She wants to have a, a, a child of her own. And I tell her, you can't come here and do it because God forbid, after the sixth week, okay, she gets a sonogram at 20, you know, 20 weeks or so. And, uh, you know, something horrific. God forbid. Okay. God. I had to do it. Something, you know, all right. I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to. Ugh. No one will tend to her. You understand she can't get medical care here. That is a sin. That is grotesque. We are in the 21st century where medical technology, where medical care is excellent so that women can live another day and try again. But it's not safe here. It's not safe in 21 states. And that's just bizarre unconscionable, unacceptable. And you have to vote about that. You do. You have to vote whether or not you think that that's acceptable to you because some person has made the decision for you that government should oversee your pregnancy. That's who should be in the room. You, your doctor, and Trump. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's ridiculous, right? Right. Right. 